0: Amen. Good to see each of you this morning. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. If you're able to this morning, Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. We're going to begin reading in verse 29. Matthew chapter 20. It says, And as they depart from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. And the multitude rebuked them because they, uh, they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? They say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Back in verse 30, our text this morning says, And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they had heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. I'd like to preach on the the cry of the two blind men and let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning. We thank you, Lord, already for the song service and meeting with us, Lord, and and just the Spirit of God working in hearts and lives. Lord, I do not ever want to take that lightly. Lord, you've been so good to us, mostly, Lord, in giving us your Son that we might have eternal life. But oh, the blessings beyond is uncountable. and Lord, how you have have just watched over each of us. We thank you, Lord, for, the, for all that you have done and that you are doing. Lord, may I ask this morning, Lord, not for my sake and not for, for a name of a church, but for in the name of Jesus Christ and for his name's sake, Lord, would you meet with us this morning in a powerful way? Would you do something that we can't do? Lord, would you give me the words to speak? Holy Spirit, would you work in the hearts that only you can And, Father, we ask today, Lord, if there's someone here that does not know Jesus Christ, their Savior, they may be a member of a church, they may have been baptized, they may have been through it all, but they've never truly received Jesus Christ, their Savior. Lord, I pray that today might be that day of salvation. And, Lord, I pray that every Christian here, our hearts would be moved and stirred, not because of a preacher, but because of the Savior. And, Lord, may we lift you up. May you be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name amen you be seated we find here Jesus is departing from Jericho when as he's leaving Jericho there is a uh, a, it says a multitude of people are following him many times you would find a, a multitude of people that would follow Jesus wherever he went they would get word that he was that he was in the area they would come out because they had heard of the different miracles they'd heard of the different things that Uh, had taken place and so people would come and they'd heard of the feeding of the 5,000 they'd heard of of the healing of of the sick and so forth and so many people would come out and they would follow him many times and here he's leaving Jericho and there's a group a large group of the bible says a multitude of people that are following him and as he goes along the way there's two blind men sitting along the side of the road they're begging alms. That, that's all that they could do. There's begging for food. There's begging for uh, money. Anything that they could get. Uh, understanding that, hey, they're they're blind and they they can't work. Uh, we live in a day and time that the blind have a lot more possibilities and work and different things than they did definitely back then. And that day and time, about all they could do is sit alongside the road or sit alongside a building in the, in the city and and beg for for uh, money or bag for food or whatever they could get just to sustain themselves. These men had apparently, uh, we, if you go back into the other Gospels, you'll find that apparently one of these men is Bartimaeus. We've all heard of B- B- blind Bartimaeus. The other, his companion there is basically unnamed. We don't, we don't see a name anywhere, but this is apparently blind Bartimaeus and, and a companion that he has that they're sitting there And we see a great miracle that we read here about that Jesus comes by. They call out upon him. He stops. He goes over. He touches their eyes. He heals them of their blindness. They're able to see and they follow Jesus. And that of itself is just a tremendous miracle. You begin to think about A person being blind all their life. There's been, you know, there's over the years I've known a few people that have been blind from birth and some who've been blinded, they lost their eyesight over a period of years. And it's a terrible thing to think of losing your eyesight. But here we see that these men, they're healed. You say, boy, that's a great miracle. Yes, it is. But you know what? I think the Lord wants us to see some more things here. I think the Lord wants to lift our eyes, lift the scales off of our eyes today. It's more than just a miracle of a healing here. It's so much more than that, what Jesus did. And I want us to look at that this morning. First of all, consider the, the condition of these men. You say, well, Preacher, you doesn't say that. I understand that. But notice there in verse 3, it says, And behold, two blind men sitting in the wayside. They were physically blind. They couldn't see anything and no doubt having to grope. And, you know, I cannot imagine what it would be like trying to to make your way in that type of darkness, you know most of the time when we think of darkness in our homes or something like that there 's a little bit of light we can see a little bit you know, and as you 're walking through the house it 's really dark outside, maybe the electric's off, but it seems like there's still a little bit of light until your little toe catches a couch, amen and uh, then you everything lights up but uh, the fact is is that uh, most of us don 't understand that type of darkness. I remember several years ago uh, uh, my brother he was going to back many years ago was going to bible college at baptist bible college in springfield and uh, he worked at the uh, fantastic cavern or not, not he didn't but cheryl his wife worked at fantastic caverns down there uh the cave where people go in and they tour they take you in a jeep and then you go down the long train of this jeep and they go down into the into the uh, cave and we went down there one time of course they get you down there and they want you to see how dark it is you know what it's like uh, so they shut all the lights off I mean you can't even see your hand as you like this and where's it at I mean absolute darkness uh, my brother one time he was in went down there with them and and uh, uh, they did that they shut the lights off and they said can you imagine anything like this? Can you imagine that there would be anything compared to this? My brother says, yeah, the Bible says there will be outer darkness in hell. The lights came right back on. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is, is that it's a darkness that we don't understand. These men could, could see nothing, so basically they would walk. and, and uh, uh, Come here, Wyatt. Come up, come up here real quick. Now, no cheating. Uh, uh, you're not going to cheat, are you? Because God knows if you cheat. All right. Take a quick look. See where your dad is back there? Close your eyes. Walk to him. Keep them closed. You touch one of those legs, they'll smack you. I'll make Roy get up and move on him, amen? (laughs) Okay, you found him. You can come on back. But you know, the only reason he could find him is because he's seen him first. Imagine trying to do that, have never seen where anybody's at, never seeing what a person looks like, not recognizing what a a room like this looks like, how it's set up with chairs and people. (laughs) They groped in darkness. That's their whole life. Basically, someone would have to lead them and take them wherever they would go. And, and somebody would lead them over and they say, Okay, I'll leave you here and I'll be back to get you this evening. And they would sit there all day long and beg. Somebody might bring them some food. A horrible thing Amen. to think of that type of darkness. To think about not being able to see. I. There's... There's. Uh, I, I, I pull in behind one of our buses. Uh, I drive a bus park uh, for the school, and I, I pull in at one of the schools and there's a young lady gets off and 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 sometimes when this bus gets there before me and they unload, I know what's what's taking place, and you'll see all of a sudden you'll see a, a cane come out with a little ball on the end of it, and you'll see the girl down like it's here and she's walking and she's taking that cane and finding her way. A teacher comes out to meet her and and she walks her up and go in there and I think my soul what it would it be like to be blind here's we got two blind men physically blind they can't see they're they're having to beg it's humbling can you imagine having to depend on absolutely everybody else for everything in your life because you can't see unable to work humbling and begging and for food and money to survive though the physical blindness is terrible there's a blindness that's worse than the physical blindness it's a spiritual blindness A spiritual blindness. To be lost without Christ as your Savior and groping through life, giving uh, no thought or heed to your greatest need. Spiritually blind that you need Jesus Christ as your Savior to go, and, and continually and different ones that I run across and you run across, many today are, are spiritually blind and, and have no understanding of the, need, the greatest need in their life, uh, even if they had a physical problem. The greatest need is not to be healed of that physical problem. The greatest need is Jesus Christ as their Savior. This life is short. We're going to be in and out of here. You know, uh, 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 before you know it, it, it seems like yesterday that I was in high school. Now it seems like, uh, uh, you know, I look around and now I've got, uh, I got grandchildren that are in high school. And I'm thinking, boy, uh, life is getting short. And, and, and I'm coming down towards a, a, more of the end of it, you might say. And I'm look, But I'm looking for the rapture. Amen. I want the rapture. I'm not, I'm not interested in, the, in, the, in the, you know, the death part. I just want the rapture. I'm looking for the Lord to come back. But the fact is life is short and we need to make sure that we know Jesus Christ as our Savior. You see, the fact is, is that many are walking around blinded today without knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Savior. Oh, they've heard maybe of Jesus Christ, but they've never received Him. Spiritually blind in 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them, do you understand this morning, hey listen, that there's people all around us and maybe even some sitting in this room that, that, that their minds and their hearts are blinded to their need of Jesus Christ as their Savior. They may sit in a church year after year after year after year, hear a preacher preach and give the gospel and and tell them how to be saved, but their mind is someplace else. They're blinded, thinking, hey, I can get to heaven because I'm a good person. Hey, I can get to heaven because uh, my mom and dad's a, a member of the church. Or, hey, I can get to heaven because I was born in a Christian home. Or, hey, I can get to heaven because I'm in a Christian nation. Hey, I can get to heaven because I try to do what's good for other people. No, my soul. Hey, listen, it's only through Jesus Christ and His shed blood. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, in the life and no man cometh unto the Father but by me it's only going to be through Jesus Christ and so many people are blinded today to their real need you see there is also a spiritual blindness in many Christians today also blind because they don't want to see I'm amazed at how many Christians today don't want to see the truth how many professed Christians don't want to see the need to change some things in their life so that they can be a testimony for the Lord so that others can see Jesus Christ in them. There's a need today for Christians to awaken in 2 Peter chapter 1. And verse 5 says, And beside these things, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and temperance, patience, and patience, uh, and to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But verse 9 says this. But he that lacketh these things, he that lacketh these things is blind. He's talking about a Christian here. He's talking about a Christian who who, who a person who's received Jesus Christ as their Savior, but that's about as far as they've went. They're not interested in living for the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not interested in, in being a, a witness and a testimony for Jesus Christ. They're not interested in all they just, oh, I just want to go to heaven. I've received Christ as my Savior. I want to live my life the way I want to live it. The Bible says, and they cannot see afar off. and haven't forgotten that he was was purged from his old sins. When's the last time you thought about what you saved from? I mean, really get your mind on the fact of, what did the Lord do in my heart and life? There's nothing greater than to think about this change that's been made, what Jesus Christ did in your life. Sitting in this room, there's a multitude of stories that could be told how the Lord has, you, when you receive Jesus Christ, your Savior, how He changed your life, what He saved you from and what He saved you to. And today, we so many times we become blinded to that and we don't appreciate the, 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 the salvation that we have. You go over in Hebrews, it says, uh, uh, you know, talking about, uh, uh, you know, not being ashamed or, or, or not neglecting so great a salvation, and the problem is today, we got so many Christians today who are neglecting what the greatest gift that they have ever had. What if, uh, say these blind men, what if uh, for some, somehow that they had some type of, you was blind, and, and they had some type of special glasses they could come up, and they had uh, little electrodes on it like that, and they put these on you like that, and they'd push them in, and it, it, it you know implant into your, into your skull there. Now, he can't see a thing with those. <laughs> But all of a sudden, it would cause you to see, and you could understand what's in front of you. you could see those around you. You could, be, for the first time in your life, you're seeing colors. For the first time in your life, you're seeing the green grass. You're seeing the green the green leaves. You're seeing the blue sky. You're seeing the, the cardinal uh, 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 birds. You say, "Why'd you say cardinals? Because I'm not for the Royals. I'm for the Cardinals." And so we're seeing, and we're seeing all these things. But they said, "Listen, if you take them off, you'll never see." As long as you're wearing them, you'll see. I dare say that the guy takes take them off and said, no, don't want them. Or maybe he gets up today and he reaches for the glasses and says, you know what, I think I'll just go blind today. I don't think I'm interested in seeing today. Or maybe he, he's walking around and he sees something something bad that's, that's taking place He says, oh, I don't want to see that. So he takes them off. So now he's blind again. No, I believe that he would keep him on so that he could see. The greatest blindness that we were ever in was when we was lost without Jesus Christ. The greatest eyesight that you ever got is when you received Jesus Christ into your heart and life as Savior. Why would you ever forget that? Why would you want to take that off? Now, you can't lose your salvation, but why would you want to ever forget about it? Why would you ever want to neglect so great a salvation? And yet today we have Christians who are spiritually blind because they choose not to, to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. They choose to live after their own flesh, to do what they want to do, to live after this lot like the lost world. Oh, how we need to awaken in our day and time. Listen, folks, we're we're coming down in the last days. And we need to be awakened to the fact that we need to be. Uh, uh, we don't need to be blind to what's going on. We need, to be, we need to have an eyesight for the Lord Jesus Christ and to live for Him and to serve Him. Notice their eyesight was bad, but their hearing was keen. Look there in verse 30. It says, And behold, two blind men sitting by by the wayside when they heard that Jesus passed by. When they heard. You know, I, I don't understand this, but I, I've been around enough people to under, to see how it works that, Sometimes when you lose one of your senses, and such as eyesight or hearing, uh, another sense takes over, and it becomes real sharp and sensitive to everything around you. And one of those senses is, a, when it, for a blind person, that their hearing becomes real sharp and keen, and they can hear many times things. They pick up on things that we don't pick up on because that is one of their greatest senses that they use. I remember there was a a piano player for uh, Brother Gibson, probably remembers it, over at Southwest. He was a blind man that used to play there when Brother Sam Gibson, or Sam Gibson, (laughs) Sam Davison was uh, pastoring there at Southwest. and, And just a tremendous piano player. Blind? But boy, I tell you what, he could hear and he could translate it into his fingers and he could play. Some of the greatest musicians have been blind because of the keenness of their hearing he had a keenness they had a keenness of their hearing they could hear they was sensitive to what they heard they had heard that Jesus was coming that way you see in such as the case of these two blind men they could hear well they depended upon that hearing no doubt and they possibly heard of, of the one called Jesus who had healed others no doubt sitting alongside the road at times uh, when people would be passing by, they, they would hear their conversations as they talked about, have you heard about this one called Jesus? I hear He's coming to Jericho. I heard about how He healed this person. I heard how that He raised the dead. I heard how He fed the 5,000. And their hearing was picking this all up. Though they couldn't see the people, they could hear it. They had heard it in the past. And now as Jesus is coming out of Jericho, this multitude is is behind him or with him and if you've ever been in a big crowd and you know maybe at, at down at down at uh, uh, at silver dollar city you're in a crowd and and people are talking and, and the way my hearing is now if we're in a crowded room and my wife can be standing there and she can say something i have to say huh what because of all the noise i can hear her speaking but i can't tell what she's saying and here's this crowd. They're coming down the, this road uh, where uh, uh, these two men are. And Jesus uh, is with, they're following Jesus. He's in front and they can hear the people talking. They get talking about Jesus and talking about him. And they pick up on it and they hear that Jesus is coming. Well, I'll tell you what I would today that people, their ears would open to the word of God. That they would hear. You see, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Oh, how we need to know how the Lord loved us so much that he sent his own son to Calvary to die in our place, to hear that and to know that. Well, you say, well, what if a person's deaf? They Maybe they can read it in the Word of God and it can be translated unto them that way. But hey, listen, knowing that Jesus Christ loved them and came that they might be saved for the Christian, it's by the hearing that the Lord speaks through his Word and through the Holy Spirit of God. He speaks to our hearts that we might know what he wants to do in our lives and how he wants us to live for him. We're to to hear with our heart, and we're to hear with our ears, and we're to, to share Jesus Christ with others. They had a keen sense of hearing, and because of that hearing, the two blind men cried unto Jesus. He says, "And when they heard that Jesus passed by, they cried out." I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine sitting there and. And in their heart they had heard about about this Jesus that had healed people and had had even given sight to the blind of others and and how he had fed the 5,000 and all this that he had done. And sitting there and here comes Jesus and they hear that he's coming and they begin to cry out, Oh Lord, thou son of David, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. I remember in 1975 in the middle of May on a Wednesday night going forward and asking the Lord to have mercy on me and save my soul. Amen. I'll tell you what it makes a difference when you cry out unto him. They cried out. They heard that he was coming and they cried out unto him. This was their opportunity, one that might not ever come their way again. For those who have never given their hearts to Jesus Christ as Savior, when the Lord gives you the opportunity for... For you to cry out unto Him, you need to do so because, hey, that opportunity may never come again. You say, well, preacher, if I don't get saved this week, I'll get saved next week. That opportunity may never come again. You might walk out here, get in a vehicle, get out on the road and get hit by a tractor-trailer and go out into eternity without Jesus Christ. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what the next hour holds. When the opportunity to get saved there, it, we need to receive Christ as our Savior. But let me say this, Christian, when the Lord is, is speaking to our hearts and when He's dealing with our hearts and lives, we, we have the opportunity to live for Him. We need to live for Him. Who knows what this week may hold? Who knows what is before you? Hey, listen, this may be your only opportunity to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and to lift Him up and to magnify Him and to glorify Him. This may be your only chance to get something right in your heart and life. Hey, listen, we don't know what tomorrow holds. But as He passes by, I think He's already passed by this morning into the service when that singing and the glory of God. As He wants to meet with us, as He wants to speak to us, as He wants to draw us near unto Him, to live for Him and to serve Him. So many Christians are sitting back waiting for somebody else to serve God, waiting for somebody else to share the gospel, waiting for somebody else to do this, waiting for somebody. Hey, every Christian in this room, doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter uh, uh, your status. Hey, listen, we need to awaken to, to allow the Lord to guide us and to direct us to serve Him, to live for Him. In Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3, he said, Jesus, the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. There comes a time when he looks down. And you've rejected him and you've rejected him. You say, okay. Have it your way. Because he will not force you in the opportunity is gone. Several years ago, preaching in a revival, a lady came and was sitting on the front row every service. About the middle of the week, the preacher came and got me and said, Would you talk to her? She was probably somewhere in her 80s. I sat down with her and began to visit with her. He told me, he said, would you visit with her about her salvation? And I sat down with her and I talked with her. and I'll just ask her the same question I'd ask anybody here. If you die, do you know that you're going to heaven? She looked at me and she said, no, I don't. I said, would you like me to take a Bible and show you how you can know that you're going to heaven when you die? She looked at me and she said, you can show me but I can't get saved. I went through the plan of salvation with her. And she said, I know all that. But she said, I can't get saved. See, preacher, what's going on? I, I don't know somewhere in her life, possibly, she told the Lord no for the last time. Came to church every service. I talked to her two or three times during that meeting. Same response. No conviction. The conviction was gone. And no man cometh unto the Father except he be unto Jesus Christ unless he be drawn. I would say it's been enough years that she's went out into eternity. I don't know whether she ever got saved or not. But it's a fearful thing to miss the opportunity that the Lord puts before you. It's a fearful thing as a lost person to put off the opportunity when Jesus passed by. It's a fearful thing, Christian. And it's a fearful thing, church. Not to live for the Lord as Jesus passed by and wants to be a part of your life for you to live for him and to serve him and and to magnify him and to be a witness for him and to tell others about him. Because it may come one day that somebody in your family, because you didn't take the opportunity earlier, the opportunity may be gone. So many times we miss the opportunity when Jesus passes by. You see, it's possible for him to pass by. and Just let you have your way. Life is short and no man knows when, when they'll stand before the Lord. The Bible says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. That's life. Look around you. Pick up the obituaries. That's, that's, that's life. Uh, you're here for a little time and then you vanish away. Sometimes it's it's 70, 80, 90, sometimes 100 years. Sometimes it's a year, 10 years, 15 years old, even the young. Life is short. We must take a hold of the opportunity when he passes by. They cried for mercy. They said, cried out and saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. They recognized Jesus as Lord as, the, as they called out unto Him. Hey, can I tell you this morning, you need to recognize that He is Lord. He's the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the, he's the great I Am. He's the bright and morning star. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the Savior. He's the coming King. And my friend, one day He will be our judge. We need to recognize Him, who He is. They recognized him, though they could not lay their eyes upon him, they could not see him. They called him by name. They knew who he was. They could see better than a lot of people could see. I dare say that they saw him better than the people, the multitude that was following him. Because they weren't calling him Jesus, they were calling him Lord, thou son of David. They were saying that he was the Messiah, that he was the son of God, that he was Lord my friend even through their blindness they could see better than many today oh how we need to have our eyes open and cry unto him for mercy we find hey listen their cry was for mercy the only hope for any of us is the Lord's mercy I don't know about you but I, I, I look at my life and I think thank you Lord for mercy I, I'm not looking for judgment I'm not looking to stand up before the Lord and argue my case I praise the Lord for, for mercy for mercy and I look at how merciful he's been to me. And I thank you, Lord, for mercy. Lamentations three twenty-two and 23 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because of his great compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, his compassion, his mercy. Then the people told him to be quiet. There in verse 31, look with me there. It says, And the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. Can you imagine this? Here, this multitude, these two blind men, The multitude, the reason that they're following Jesus is because they had heard of the miracles. They had heard what he had done. They had heard his word. They was amazed by his miracles and all that he spoke and and all that he taught and they was following him. This multitude was following him. And here's two blind men. They're calling out, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And they're saying, shh, shh, shh. Be quiet. The... If anything they should have been saying Jesus here's two blind men Could you do something for them Could you help them Could you give them their sight Could you touch their eyes Lord we know that you've done it before We know that that you've raised the dead We know that you did all these great miracles What about these two men Can you give them their sight Show us that you're Lord But instead Shh Be quiet Be quiet Listen to me Christian I dare say that many times as Christians, as we're enjoying our services, as we're singing praises to God, as we're thanking, Lord, you're so good to me. Boy, look at the blessings. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for reaching down and touching my life. We walk by people every day that are blind spiritually. Do not know Jesus Christ their Savior. And we say, shh, shh. And we discourage them. Not so much as saying, shh, don't come to church. We're saying, with our lives, that Christianity's not much. We're saying, by the way that we live, it's not real. We're saying, by the way that we talk and the places we go and the things that we do, it won't do you any good. That's what they were basically saying. It won't do you no good. You have, there's no hope for you. You're blind. Uh, there's no hope for you. And today, so many Christians, the way that we're living our lives and the way that we're walking in this world, instead of sharing the gospel, instead of living a life that they can see Jesus Christ in us, we're saying, it won't do you no good. And people ought to look at your life and my life say, that's the answer right there. Yeah. They've got something. I remember when I got saved, Brother Gibson. I, I remember Jeff Parker. We were best friends in school. We, we, we did a lot of things there. We played basketball together. We were best friends in school, did everything. I went to church, he went to church, but there was, there was something different about Jeff. You know what it was? He was saved. I was religious. He had Jesus Christ in his heart. I had my good works. And it came to a point that I remember thinking, I need what he's got. Can people look at your life and say, I need what they've got. I need the same type of of Christianity. I need the the same Savior. I need what's made the difference in their life. They need to see the change in your life and mine. They need to see that. Oh, don't discourage them. Too many are discouraging others. These men were serious about their need. Look there, notice it says in verse 31 again, it says, But they cried the more. Boy, it didn't stop them. They just they just cranked up the volume. Amen. They just cried out a little bit louder, just like the rain's getting here. I'll just get a little bit louder if it keeps it raining hard. And they just cranked it up and they cried out the more and, and called unto Him. They got serious about their need. Nothing or nobody was going to stop them uh, from getting to Jesus and getting His attention for their need. Boy, can I tell you? Listen, if you're lost today, be like me. There was things I had friends in the church that I was at Him. We sit on the same row, and I remember thinking at times when I was under conviction and I wanted to go forward, I wanted to get saved, but I kept thinking, what are my friends going to say? What are they going to think? I, they think that I'm saved. I've told them that I'm saved. I remember a lady turned around and looking at me and asked me if I'd like to go forward and get saved, and I looked at her in the face and I said, no, I'm okay. What are they going to think? And, and it kept me from getting saved. Finally, I came to a place where I said, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not going to hell for nobody got out and got saved. Amen. Oh, how we need to encourage and not discourage. We need to cry out louder. We need to call upon the Lord. Now is the time, because Jesus might never pass that way again. Now is the time in our lives to call out on the Lord. If you're lost today, this could be, who knows, He might not pass that way again. You may step out into eternity. Hey, Christian, it's time to get serious. It's time to get close to the Lord. It's time to walk with the Lord. It's time for us. He's passing by. He's trying to get people's attention. He's trying to get people on board. He's trying to get us to live for Him. Hey, it's time now. Hey, we need to cry out for the Lord. It's time. The need is there. They had no hope. or They they had hope and they had faith. That's why they kept crying. Keep crying out in your need unto the Lord. Then notice there with me in verse 32, Jesus stood still. Well, I don't think it gets any better than that. That just about make you want to shout and run the lap. Here he's got this multitude following there and says, And Jesus stood still. He stopped in his tracks. He stopped where he, he was. He heard their cry. Can I tell you this morning, when he hears your cry, he'll stop. He'll stop. But preacher, you don't know what's going on in my life. Don't have to. He'll stop. But preacher, you don't know what I've done. Don't have to. He'll stop. But preacher, you don't know how wicked I've been and what's happened in my life. You don't know what's going on. Hey, can I tell you that when you call out on him, he'll stop. He'll stop. He'll stop. Jesus Christ stood still and stopped what he was doing just for them, even though there was a multitude around him and had, had time for them and was waiting to hear their cry. You want? He's a God that cares about you. Notice there, the Lord is waiting for you to admit your need to him. It says, And they said unto him, verse 33, they said to him, Lord, he, he asked him, he said, what, what, will the, what will ye that I shall do unto you? And they say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus Christ, as he walked down through there, before he even walked down through there, before he ever left Jericho, he knew they was going to be there. He's God. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. And when he got there, he didn't ask what they wanted. He knew what they wanted. He already knew. But you see, it comes to a place in your life and my life when you call on the Lord, he's going to say, okay, what is it that you want? Because you're going to have to admit your need before he'll address it. You can sit here and say, boy, I've got sin in my, in my life. Preacher, I, I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I've, got, I've got this going on, and, and I just want to get taken care of. Have you ever stopped and admitted to the Lord? Have you ever got on an altar and say, Lord, I've done this and this and this and this. Lord, forgive me of this and this and this. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But he wants you to confess it. He already knows what it is. He already knows what your need is this morning. But you've got to understand your need this morning. And it's going to take you confessing it to him and realizing that you need him, not you. He's the only one that can change it, make the change in your life. He's the only one that can touch your life. He's the only one that can cause the blind to see. He's the only one that can take your sins away. He's the only one that can save your lost soul. He's the only one this morning. And he's waiting for you. He's waiting for me to say what our need is. You can sit in the seat all you want, knowing in your heart that, man, I'm just not where I'm supposed to be as a Christian. My heart's got kind of cold, and I'm not reading my Bible like I used to. I'm not praying like I used to. And you can put on a front in front of everybody else, and the Lord knows. But He's waiting for you to say what your need is. This morning you may be cold and indifferent and you're putting on a good front. Hey, listen. He says, I want you to come to the altar and I want you to tell me what your need is. And then he'll take care of the need. Notice that he had compassion on them. Verse 34. And Jesus, So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. He touched their eyes. Oh, how we need a touch of the Lord on our lives today. Just a touch my friend, you're not going to get that touch if you don't call on Him. If you don't seek Him to touch your life, to live for Him, you need that touch, first of all, in salvation. Then you need that touch in living for Him. Well, how we should desire that touch of the Lord daily in our lives that we might walk with Him and know Him even better today and each day. That our eyes might be open to His will and His way. That we might know Him in a greater way. They received more than they asked for. All they asked for, they asked for their eyes to be opened. You say, well, preacher, I don't see that there. Well, look at that. Verse 34, the latter part says, And immediately their eyes received sight. And notice what it says. And they followed Him. And they followed Him. When they got eyesight, they also got savior. See, how do you know they got saved, Preacher. And they followed him. They would already declared who he was. And before you get saved, you're going to have to declare who he is. They had already said he's Lord, the son of David. And now they followed him. My friend, oh, how we need to follow him. He's had compassion on you and me. Whatever your need is today, the Lord is passing by. But you must cry out to him. Admit your need. He'll stop. He'll stand by your side. And He'll do even beyond what you request. That's my God. That's my God. Beyond what you even requested, they received so much more than just their eyes, physical eyesight. From that point on, their eyes was pawned the king of kings, they followed him. This morning, you may be lost. Without Jesus Christ, you're blind spiritually. Won't you come this morning? Cry out for mercy. Ask him to come into your heart and life and save you. He'll stop by and he'll touch and save your soul. He went to Calvary for you died on the cross, shed his precious blood, laid him in a borrowed tomb. He arose again on the third day. And because he lives, you can live also. But Christian, listen to me this morning. We need to see spiritually. And we need that touch also. That we might live for our Savior. That others might know him. That others might see him. That others might desire what you have in your heart and life as a Christian. What's your life saying? What are they seeing in you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for the mercy that you've shown unto us. Lord, it's by your great mercy that we have eternal life. We thank you. We praise you. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd be with us in this invitation. Lord, I pray that there's some here that don't know Jesus Christ, their Savior, that are not sure if they were to die today, that they'd go to heaven. Lord, I pray that they might come and let us take a Bible and show them how to be saved. Lord, I pray for every Christian here. Lord, as you pass by this morning, Lord, I know you spoke to their hearts in some area, but may they cry out. May we admit our need. Lord, you'll stop and you'll touch. You'll forgive. You'll cleanse. And you'll strengthen. Have your will and way in this invitation, Lord. And we'll give you the honor and glory, for I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?